Welcome to Australian Hiker, your online hiking resource. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 92 of the Australian Hiker podcast, and in today's episode, we're going to be going through and doing a book and movie review of some of the uh, uh, better-known outdoor and hiker movies. Before we get into today's episode, I'd just like to wish everyone a happy new year and welcome to 2019. I hope everyone's had a good Christmas and New Year period and had some time off to go do some hiking. If not, hopefully you've got some time coming up in the next few weeks where you have a chance to get out on the trail. In today's episode, we'll review five well-known movies, two of which are readily available in book form. And while many of you will recognise some of these movies, there are others that can only be classed as quirky but enjoyable just the same. So if you're looking at watching something different over the summertime lull in quality TV, then these may be for you. We hope you enjoy. So yes, we're going to be talking about movies and uh, it's that time of year where you may be able to um, put some effort into just a bit of downtime and watching movies. I know in Australia at the moment, We've got a combination of really hot weather and cyclones and anything else, so uh, not not fantastic to be outside. Um, so uh, one of the things that Tim and I do when we're not hiking is we, we do watch a lot of movies and uh, we've probably got a pretty, uh, by average standards, a pretty impressive DVD collection. And in the last uh, year or so, we've started to come across some really good um, movies about the outdoors and there are a number of different themes in relation to these movies but uh, um, I, I guess the, the common theme is you get to see some spectacular scenery that you might not necessarily be exposed to otherwise. So the first movie we're going to talk about is A Walk in the Woods. Tim did a book review of A Walk in the Woods and um, I've done the review of the movie. And the movie stars Robert Redford, Nick Nolte and Emma Thompson. And uh, a, a Walk in the Woods is is a little bit of a midlife crisis, trying to prove you've still got it and trying to prove you're a little bit relevant. And uh, there are some really funny parts in this movie and some uh, entertaining scenes. Um we, we do say both in the book review and uh, in the movie review that I think we struggle with Robert Redford, who uh, I think it now is 79, uh, playing a, a mid-40s midlife crisis um, travel writer. Uh, but if you can get over that, you can get over just about anything, I think. <laughs> uh, and it does seem a bit out of sync to have Emma Thompson as uh, Robert Red Redford's wife, um, but hey, I guess it's the movies. So A Walk in the Woods is really about uh, taking a stroll along the Appalachian Trail, I think, is, is uh, what they had planned to do, um, and what happens in the preparation and also the, uh, the execution 
um, of that activity. Uh, it is very entertaining. You'll find along the way a, a few of those quirky things about um, hiking that uh, we're all familiar with. So, you know, some people get their old hiking gear out of the the cupboard. It uh, probably hasn't seen the light of day in a very long time. It uh, doesn't quite work the way it should or at least it used to. And uh, then you go through this whole experience of buying new gear and uh, preferably lightweight gear. Then there's the challenge of finding someone to go on the hike with you. Uh, and that in itself is quite entertaining. Um, uh, the character that Redford plays does the phone around of his old mates and his old drinking buddies. Um, some some of them are uh, not so well. Some of them think he's crazy. And uh, on one particular uh, case, uh, they, they'd actually passed away. So they're not very close buddies, but hey. Um, and so he does find himself uh, a buddy, which is the character played by Nick Nolte, which yeah, is is entertaining in itself. Uh, Nick turns up uh, not looking particularly fit for hiking, um, but nevertheless they they embark along the way. And this is all because um, uh, the character Bryson, his wife, said, you're not allowed to do this by yourself, so you have to find someone. Now, I think for me, I actually ended up um, watching the uh, the movie first uh, before I actually read the book. And I think out of personal preference, I think it would be best if you're planning on doing both to read the book first. The movie itself is M-rated. Um, if it had have stuck true to form, it definitely would have been PG, probably almost bordering, bordering on R with some of the, the jokes that are in the, the written version. Um, I, I particularly find the uh, the scene where uh, Redford and uh, um, and Nolte are talking to uh, the annoying character that they come across, talking about star signs, um, and what's actually represented in the movie itself isn't what's actually discussed in the book. As I said, it's almost bordering on R-rated in the in the uh, the book itself, and I think there's um, the difference between the book and the movie is uh, the scenery along the Appalachian Trail really needs that visual uh, representation that the movie provides, whereas in the book uh, you're, you're getting better descriptors about what's going on without necessarily picking up the scenery. I think um, also the book tends to go a bit more in-depth into the um, the 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 blight that killed off a lot of the chestnuts a uh, hundred odd years ago in the states and changed the uh, the um, ecosystem of the, that section of the uh, the forest in the U.S. But Bryson in the book also goes through and talks about a lot of other things that tend to be skimmed over quite quickly in the book that don't necessarily detract from the the movie, uh, but they just provide a different sort of slant. There is a bit of sermonising in the in the movie. Um, I, I find so, you know. I, I think that's the other thing about some of these um, movies and books that uh, you know, there's there's probably written by people who who do have the natural environment dear to heart. So you're a captive audience, and uh, I'm going to send the the kind of message that I want to send. Um, so j- just watch out for that. It's not so bad, but I I did find even. 
the uh, the chestnut story um, in the movie a little bit over the top. Well, you know, having having read the book where Jill hasn't, it probably goes more in depth in the written version. Well, I was thinking I was going to read the book, but I'm not so sure now. But <laughs> maybe I will. But yeah, as I said, if you if you've got the opportunity, uh, read the book first and then see the movie. I think that's probably the best way to get the the best value out of uh, out of this uh, this uh, book and movie. That's a perennial question, though, isn't it? About you know, you go to the movie first, or do you go to the go to the book? Um, and I think the thing is that they're never the same. Doesn't matter what the genre is. Not doesn't matter what the the, the focus of the book is. Uh, you can never quite get the sense of the book into a movie. So the next movie we're going to talk about is Leave No Trace. Now, this is a really interesting one. And for me, um, the title didn't really reflect what the movie was about. Um, It stars Ben Foster and Thomason Harcourt McKenzie, um, who's a young female actor from New Zealand. Uh, It is rated G. Um, which is always good to know that there are some options out there. But um, from the title, it sort of implied to me that it was about um, living uh, off the land, off the grid, and it is a little bit of that, but the purpose of leaving no trace is so that you couldn't be found rather than leaving no trace so that you were having no impact, which is kind of a slight different, you know, different perspective on it. Uh, not a lot of words in this movie, <laughs> I have to say, and particularly in the the beginning. Um, you know, there, there's uh, a lot of activity and uh, there's a lot of organisation in terms of uh, how the two characters, um, the uh, father and daughter, um, interact with each other and uh, go about their their daily routine. Um, when they're out in the forest. Um, so, you know, it does, does seem to be a very s- strong, comfortable relationship between the two. Um, it's only later that you discover that you, you, they're, I guess in a way, uh, he's, he's running. Uh, he has PTSD, uh, ex-military person, and obviously is struggling with uh, reintegration into the community. Um, there's some references to uh, the daughter's mother, uh, but you'd never find out what happened to the mother and why they ended up where they ended up. So it is a very in-the-moment kind of movie, um, and one day they get discovered and uh, then uh, the whole uh, child services and social services in the US comes into play and, uh, you know, there's this trying to connect them with communities and get him a job and get her to school and all of those sorts of things. Um, So it's a really interesting uh, story, Um, lots of beautiful scenes in the forest and, uh, uh, you know, it's set in Portland, Oregon, so you can imagine the the landscape is is quite stunning as well. Um, But it really is about... 
uh, probably a different leave no trace than what I was expecting. Yeah, I, I think it was uh, it was the sort of thing you tend to buy a lot of movies by the cover or by the name, and I thought, okay, yep, leave no trace. This is going to be a hiking related movie, which it was, but uh, it certainly uh, it certainly was a, a different expectation. I think it was a good movie overall. Um, uh, definitely not. I wouldn't say it's a dedicated hiking movie, but it was definitely an outdoors movie. Uh, and definitely worthwhile watching. Yeah, I think it was a really well, um, well directed, well well scripted movie. Even though the father doesn't say a lot <laughs> during during the movie, um, it is something that you need to have, I guess, some headspace to really focus on and to uh, get into um, because it is quite a complex movie. So uh, that probably isn't the light fluffy piece that you were you know perhaps expecting in some downtime but nevertheless worth watching I think so the next movie we're going to look at is a movie called Edie and this is a uh, UK film and uh, we we have a bit of a liking for UK film films they have this little sort of quirky aspect about them uh, you know, they're not the, the big blockbuster movies that you get out of the US, um, but they are very uh, well made and well acted. And I think the other thing too, coming from a from an Australian perspective, the, the British humour is, is much, much more similar to the Australian sense of humour. Um, sometimes uh, the, if you're living in the US, you look at Australian or UK-based films and thinking, why are people laughing? It's just we have we have a bit of a strange sense of humour, particularly the Australians. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what that had to do with the UK film, but anyway. <laughs> so this one stars uh, Sheila Hancock, um, who was in The Boy in the Striped Pyjamas, and uh, Kev- Kevin Guthrie, who's a young guy uh, who starred in uh, Dunkirk, which is a relatively recent movie. Um th- this one really is a little bit unexpected. Uh, it's about climbing a mountain in Scotland called uh, Mount Sylvan and uh, the story of Edie is uh, quite a sad one but I think it also resonates in a lot of ways about what happens as you age and uh, how you should perhaps live live the later years in your life. So with Edie, she was the carer of her husband. Uh, he had a stroke many years ago and uh, he eventually passes away. And uh, there was a really interesting uh, dynamic between Edie and her daughter, Nancy. Nancy wants uh, her mum to be safe. She's obviously just lost her. She's an adult daughter. She's just lost her father, doesn't want to lose her her mother who is um, in her uh, 80s and, um, y- you know, is, is wanting to keep her st- safe. So you get into all of that stuff about, you know, moving into a smaller home that's easier to maintain or into care with other oldies and so on and so forth. And e- Edie really decides that it's not time for her to do that and um, takes a bit of time out to just go away for a few days, doesn't tell her daughter what she's doing, but packs up all her 
very old hiking gear, uh, something that she used to do with her father many, many, many years ago, and uh, decides that she's going to climb Mount Sylvan in Scotland. So again, another theme of uh, you you turn up with all this old kit and then you start to replace your kit with new stuff. Uh, then you discover what you don't know. She uh, befriends... Uh, the young fellow who's a, a, an outdoor guide, uh, he starts to teach her um, how, how to fish and how to get about and what gear she needs and so on and so forth. And uh, she's quite determined to make the climb and make the climb by herself. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't too sure what this movie was about. I thought, again, it was one of these sort of things where I saw the shorts and thought, well, it looks interesting. Um, again, it was sort of uh, one of those movies where I did enjoy it. It was slightly different than others that I'd seen. Um, I think for me, possibly the the only disappointing thing was it, it ended a bit abruptly. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I was almost waiting for the next 10 or 15 minutes after the official ending of the movie uh, just to show where where both Edie and the, the her guide went to after that because they were both going through through different life crises um, and and trying to resolve um, their own issues and it just really didn't seem to sort of answer that question. So I think for me it was again while I enjoyed it, it just ended a bit abruptly. Yeah, it's an interesting one, but um, you know it is a UK film, so maybe they ran out of budget. <laughs> I don't know. Just had to stop. <laughs> uh, this one's ra- rated uh, M. And when I think back, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure why it got that rating. Um, it says on the cover because of the coarse language. Um, uh, that's, I guess, entirely possible. But, um, you know, I think there are a lot of themes in here about uh, it's never too late. I think uh, there's an aspect, as I said before, about the ageing and, you know, um, as you get older, are you supposed to sit in a rocking chair and just wait to go or you just, you know, are you better to get out there and do something, do anything? Uh, I'm probably leaning towards the latter. Um, there was some interesting stereotyping in there around girlfriends and uh, daughters um, and, uh, you know, controlling girlfriends, I should say, and daughters who are fearful of losing their parents. Um, and, yeah, I, th- I think that there's probably a-, a bunch of messages in there and something for everybody to perhaps think and reflect on. So the next one we're going to look at is Wild. Now, this is pretty much, I think, the iconic, uh, you know, find-yourself movie uh, it was, uh, I think, released in 2014. Uh, it followed on from the book by Cheryl Strayed um, in 2013. And, um, you know, it was definitely something, uh, I think, that created a lot of chatter at the time. And uh, when I was re- doing the review of the movie, I was interested to to see that it had even been uh, turned into a, a statement about feminism and, you know, having been a, a long-time feminist, uh, I'm proud to say it really did surprise me because I think it is more about finding yourself rather than about 
uh, women being able to go and doing what it. I think it is more about finding yourself rather than women uh, being allowed to do whatever it is that they want to do. Um, and if you've read the book, you know that the story really is um, quite a you know a, sh- a shattered life, a loss in the family, and losing a way, and uh, then needing to do something drastic. And this is pretty drastic <laughs> um, to to walk. Uh, the Pacific Crest Trail uh, and take months doing that, uh, having had no preparation, no almost no prior uh, hiking experience and the world's largest pack. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so it's an interesting in one. Uh, loved it, loved the book. Um, and I think even, you know, these you know, few years later, I think it still resonates with people. So yeah, I agree. I mean, I think... Um I think for a lot of people, uh, the movie uh, Wild uh, or the book is one of those sort of things that, that actually gets people into through hiking. Um, I've read the book and, and watched the movie. In this case, it was a movie first and then the book. Um, and in a lot of cases, when you read the book and the movie, they tend to operate quite differently. Um, but in this case, the way the book progressed and the way the movie progressed was very similar, where uh, Cheryl jumped backwards and forwards between what was happening currently to what had happened in the past and why she was where she she was. So they they both tended to run pretty concurrently there. Um, again, with these sort of movies that rely so heavily with the backdrop being the landscape, in this case the Pacific Crest Trail, um, the movie certainly managed to convey the scenery so much better than than the book ever could. Uh, but I think the book had its own own benefits um, uh, and, and, and encouraged people to uh, to really uh, realise that this part of the States uh, existed, uh, which um, a lot of people weren't aware of until the movie actually came out. Yeah, that's an inter- interesting thing in itself because I think, uh, uh, you know, some of these books and movies really do highlight the opportunity uh, for experiences by people who are not necessarily familiar with them. So what's happened on the Pacific Crest Trail is that uh, the numbers of um, permits issued have risen in 2013 uh, from about 1,700-ish uh, to over 7,300 in 2018. So assuming most of those people are uh you know, walking on the trail, um, that's a big increase over a relatively short space of time. And uh, there would be the purists out there that say that that's a bad thing. Um, you know, may- maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Um, in terms of Wild, the, the actors are, primary actors are Reese Witherspoon and uh, Laura Dern. Um, Reese Witherspoon does an amazing job, I think, from memory. Uh, there was a bit of a requirement for the movie to follow the book quite closely. That was Cheryl Strayed's uh, desire, so that was probably uh, written in a little bit more closely. Um, and Witherspoon and Dern were nominated for Oscars. Um, I can understand Witherspoon and I'm not so sure that that was a reasonable thing for Dern, um, but we won't necessarily get into that too much. Um, 
it has be, become a little bit of the iconic, you know, the, you know, girl finds herself kind of movie. And uh, we had a big laugh just recently when we inadvertently stumbled upon an episode of Gilmore Girls, which is, you know, this quite quirky uh, TV series about uh, a, a woman and her her daughter uh, growing up and the relationship they have. Uh, and uh, the mother needed to find herself and decided that she was going to spend three weeks walking on the Pacific Crest Trail and turned up at the hotel where everybody was, you know, commencing, uh, overnighting to commence the the hike and discovered it was full of women of all ages, <laughs> also discovering themselves. And uh, there's a very, very funny scene uh, with a ranger doing a, a first day brief uh, saying, you know, the weather's not so good, which me- means the visibility is down. And that means that the boot throwing uh, impact won't be as spectacular. So <laughs> anyway, if you, ha- if you haven't seen the movie or read the book, um, uh, you know, that won't make much sense to you, but definitely see the movie or read the book and things will become very clear and you'll find that there's quite quite a funny um, anecdote. Now, Jill mentioned the the impact of uh, of the book and the movie in relation to the, the trail itself. And um, certainly if you go onto the Pacific Crest Trail website, um, there's actually a section on there called, uh, that discusses the wild effect. And uh, you know, it, it was gone from the stage in the early 90s uh, where roughly 50 or 60 to 100 people a, a year were doing this trial to, as Jill said, you know, roughly just over 7,000 people last year. Um, and they've now limited it to 50 people starting a day uh, just to try and stop uh, the the physical impact on the ecosystems on the trail. So certainly uh, books and movies like this and uh, in relation to the Pacific Crest Trail and... Um, the uh, a walk in the woods for the Appalachian Trail has 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 had a big impact on uh, on people getting out there and hiking, which is a good thing and also uh, a not so good thing. But um, you know, I think uh, it is it is there to experience and it is there to enjoy. And you know, we have a little bit of a view that says. Um, if you're going to conserve something, safeguard something, um, it needs to have a purpose. So, you know, the best way to do that is to make it accessible for people um, so they value it and they understand the environment and they understand the, you know, the not just the beauty but the, um, the benefits that you get. So the next movie we're going to look at is Captain Fantastic. Captain Fantastic is probably the most quirky of the movies that we've looked at. Uh, It stars Viggo Mortensen, who uh, was in Lord of the Rings um, and is a bit of an unusual actor, so you'd expect to see him in an unusual film um, as this one is. Uh, It is about uh, a father of six and uh, the six young people in the movie, I haven't ma- named them in the movie review with the exception of the older son, um, but these young actors are really impressive and, and uh, made the movie uh, worthwhile. 
essentially it's about a family living off the grid. Um, uh, the character that um, Mortison plays, Ben, uh, and his wife uh, decide that their children would live a better life, be able to be physically stronger and more intellectually stimulated uh, if they lived off the grid and were homeschooled. And uh, it's also, uh, I I guess, a little bit of a sad story because um, the wife is unwell and there's so there's a theme in there about uh, if if you go bush, then she'll get better. Um, That didn't happen and uh, she went into care and... uh, family tragedy followed and that's where the movie uh, picks up and suddenly these uh, six young people are now in uh, navigating mainstream life and uh, there's some really uh, funny scenes along the way Uh, but the countryside that they're uh, growing up in again is quite amazing and uh, you know, you get some really stunning scenes, and there's 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 uh, one part of the the movie where uh, these kids who have got this pretty rigorous and strenuous physical routine on a daily basis are rock climbing, and the rock climbing is pretty serious. Um, so you get to see some uh, pretty amazing um, landscapes uh, while they're doing this incredibly. Uh, strenuous tasks. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, this this is definitely not a really a hiking movie. It, it really is an, an outdoors movie, but it, it's one of those sort of quirky movies. You know, it's it's probably if I had to name my top ten movies, this would certainly be one of them. Um, this the scenery is, def- is definitely amazing. Um, uh, their interaction with uh, with the environment is is what it's all about, and I think. For me, this movie, along with uh, all the others, the common theme is probably a bit about redemption, and it, it tends to be very across all of the five movies. So it's all about uh, there is something that people are either hiding from or there's some something they're trying to get over in their lives and they're using the outdoors as a mechanism to go through um, and, and, and to solve those issues or to... Or to, to fill a hole in their life. Uh, and in this case here, uh, they're living off-grid. They're trying to um, keep away from um, mainstream society, which they view as being almost corrupt, um, and, and trying to live a, a healthy uh, real life rather than an artificial life in the real world. Yeah, it was interesting um, when I was doing the movie review uh, to read some of the the uh, critical comments um, about Captain Fantastic. And, um, you know, there is this fine line between showing people a different way and showing them your way. And uh, I I was interested in that a lot of the commentary was critical of the fact that it was about, you know, uh avoiding mainstream uh world and life and all of that what that stands for and uh going 
because it was evil, because it was terrible, um, and going to another evil and another terrible. And I just thought that was a really interesting all or nothing kind of perspective um, on this. So, you know, we we really enjoyed this one. We've watched it a few times. Uh, it has the most beautiful version of a Sweet Child of Mine, which, you know, until recently I hadn't uh, remembered that it was a Guns N' Roses classic. Um, apparently they don't like it. Um, but this is an amazing version of it uh, that, that we've played a few times as well. So there's a lot going on in this movie. Um, there's a lot of funny bits, uh, particularly uh, I talk about this in the movie review, um, when the, the kids go into a diner and they're waiting to be served and they're just amazed uh, and feeling quite sad about uh, the people in the diner and they're asking their father what's wrong with all of these people and it turns out that all these people are overweight <laughs> and uh, you know given the physical activity and how they live and and all of that kind of stuff they're just not familiar with seeing uh, overweight people in mainstream America. Yeah, and, and that was that was actually one of the one of the, the funny bits in the movie. It's it, as I said, it, it's a quirky movie, but it's one I really do enjoy. Okay, so there there are five movies that, um, as I, as I said in, in the introduction, that a couple of them like Wild and A Walk in the Woods, uh, most people will know. But if you're new to hiking and and haven't come across these movies before, um, they're definitely well worth watching. Um, Edie, um, Captain Fantastic, and uh, Leave No Trace. Again, uh, not full-on hiking movies, although Edie can probably be classed into that, uh, uh, along with Wild and uh, A Walk in the Woods. Uh, but again, they're, they're all worth watching in their own rights. Um, it just depends on what sort of mood that you're in. Now, Jill's gone through and done um, written reviews of all these movies online, uh, and the links to those are in the show notes, or you can go on to our, our gear review where we've gone through and put them uh, and have a look at the, the written reviews if you want a, uh, a bit more opportunity uh, uh, to see what they're like. Yeah, and, you know, this is, um, again, our perspective on these movies and ones that we've enjoyed. Um, we'd like to hear from you about movies that you've enjoyed uh, that we haven't included here and we'll definitely um, seek them out and... Uh, uh, do a review of those as well if you if you think that they're worthwhile. Um, it just gives you something to think about and something to explore, something uh, to fill your time uh, while you're not able to get out and hike. Okay, so we hope you've enjoyed these these review of these five movies, and if you have the opportunity um, to borrow, buy, watch them somewhere, uh, go through and do it at some stage. Uh, I think you'll enjoy them. In next week's episode, we're going to be going through and talking about the First Hike Project. This is a, um, a an organisation that takes uh, refugee and migrant youth and introduces them to the Australian bush. Um, and in, in the interview next week, we're actually going to be going through and interviewing the Canberra coordinator uh, and one of the participants in the, the First Hike, which they ran late last year. And they've actually got another hike coming up in around about um, a month's time. Um, so uh, if you're interested in that or interested in knowing more about how you can help them out, um, listen to next week's episode. 
As always, these episodes are available to be listened to through our website at www.australianhiker.com.au, through SoundCloud, through Stitcher Radio, uh, through iTunes and Spotify. If you have the chance, please go through and give us a five-star rating on iTunes to help get the message out there. That's all for this week. Bye for now. And bye from me. Um, Tim did a book review of A Walk in the Root. Tim did a book review of uh, the book A Walk in, a, in the Wood.